Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents part two of his series, Identity and Authority. All right, praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to Faith Life Fellowship. This is our second session in our series on identity and authority. And as I mentioned last week, we're breaking this series into three parts. Who you are in Christ, where you are in Christ, and your authority as a believer. Who's your daddy, she says. We spent most of our last session talking about who you are in Christ, and we're going to continue to do that again today until we get to a transition point where we can move to where you are in Christ, and I'll explain what I mean by that when we get there. I started off the last session by sharing an encounter I had with the Lord many years ago, and in that encounter, I heard my own spirit man speaking to me in an audible voice and exhorting the other parts of my being, my soul, my body, my flesh, to band together and follow God's word and follow his spirit so that we would be successful in fulfilling the call of God on our life. First person plural, as we pointed out last week. And when I came out of the spirit and asked the Lord what the encounter was all about, the first scripture I was given in my quest to understand was Genesis 1.26. Genesis 1.26 in the New King James Version. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. So you see, the Lord was using that same first person plural when he had this council of the Trinity concerning the fact that they were going to make man in their likeness, in their image. So right off the bat, when I read this scripture, I understood that there was something about the makeup of God that was very similar to my own makeup. And indeed, that's what this scripture is talking about. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. Now, the second thing you see in this scripture, we talked about this last week, is that you have both identity and authority in this scripture. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Our identity is how we were made in him, right? And let them have dominion. Dominion is a word which means authority. So we said last week that True spiritual authority will flow out of established identity. And that's what this scripture says. So it's a very nice scripture that sort of wraps up the two concepts that we're talking about in our series on identity and authority. Amen. All right. And from this scripture and others, we also learned that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and yet He is one whole being. He's also referred to as Father, Word, and Holy Spirit. And we talked about how the difference is that before Jesus became 
flesh and dwelt among us, he existed in eternity with God as the Word. And so before the incarnation, the Trinity was God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Ghost. And after the incarnation, it was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. However, comma, Jesus the Son is still the living Word, so it is still proper to say God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Spirit. And you find that exactly referenced in 1 John 5, 7. Amen. All right. In similar manner, we as human beings are also three parts. We are spirit, soul, and body, yet we are one whole being. So we are just like our Father in two respects. We are like Him in our triune nature, and we have dominion like Him. Amen. We have authority like Him. All right. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is our proof text. We won't read it again, but in that script you find three separate Greek words for spirit, soul, and body. There are those that teach that the soul and the spirit are the same, but if you dig into it and you believe the word, that's not exactly correct. You're a triune being, spirit, soul, and body. You also find that in Hebrews 4.12. All right. And we also learned that the part of us that changes when we get born again is our spirit man, the man on the inside. And once that happens, new believers, they need to embrace who they have become in Christ and begin to walk out what many teachers refer to as in Christ realities. They need to renew their minds to the word of God and they need to train or discipline their body to toe the line and obey the Spirit of God. So I'm not going to reteach that this week, so make sure you check out the podcast if you missed last week. Last week we introduced a statement that can be derived from Genesis 1.26, and I'll say it again, true spiritual authority flows out of established identity. In order for born-again believers to walk in the authority that God intended them to walk in, they must first discover who they are in Christ. If you don't know who you are, you don't know what authority you have, and you don't know how to walk in the authority that you have. So one of the ways we can find out a little bit more about who we are in Christ is the mirror of God's Word. It should come as no surprise that the best place you can find out who you are in Christ is in the Bible, in the Word of God. So I want to take a few minutes and talk about James chapter 1, 22 through 25, where we find out about the mirror of the Word of God. This is an awesome passage, packed full of revelation, so pay attention. Amen. James 1, 22 through 25, this is going to be in the NIV version. I love this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It reminds me of Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. The purpose of meditation is so that you do the Word. Amen. 
I won't charge you anything extra for that. So do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So regardless of the way that you hear the word, whether through teaching or preaching, whether through reading, studying, or meditating, James makes it clear that you are deceiving yourselves if you just listen to the word, but never do what the word says to do. Verse 23, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. It's kind of a ridiculous notion. Imagine if I got up this morning, I looked in the mirror and I saw, well, I've got greenish blue eyes. But I thought yesterday they were brown. What happened? And I looked, I took a real close look at myself and I saw that I had brown hair and, uh, you know, there's a little bit of ear hair that I've got to get rid of, you know. And then I walk away and I completely forget what I looked like. I completely forget about the ear hair. Trust me, that's something you really need to forget about. But I forget what I look like. How ridiculous a notion is that, right? And so what he's saying is if you hear the word and you don't do the word, you're just like that person who looks at himself in the mirror and doesn't even remember what he looks like seconds after he leaves the mirror. Verse 25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So let me break it down for you. This is what James is saying. When you look into the perfect mirror of the word of God, You don't find out what you look like on the outside. You find out what you look like on the inside. And if you keep looking habitually into that perfect mirror of the Word of God, you will be powerfully inclined to act like the person that you see on the inside. That's a Bill Johnson pause there. You ever listen to Bill Johnson? He'll say something profound and he'll just let it hang in the air. So what are some of the in Christ realities you find when you look into the mirror of the word? I'm just going to give you a handful. They're all over the place in the New Testament. In Christ, in him, through him, by him. You really owe it to yourself to take a journey through the New Testament. Use your concordance if you need to and look up the in Christ, in him, by him, through him, scriptures that apply to you personally. Case in point, we mentioned this last week, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, All things have become new. Verse 18 says, and all things are of God. When you get born again on the inside, everything inside of you is of God. Righteous, holy, and perfect, just like Jesus. 
Whether you realize it or not, it's true. We can make a confession out of some of these things. I am a new creature in Christ. If you don't like the creature word, say, I am a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. All the old bad stuff is gone. And all righteous and holy and good stuff is come. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Now this is a mind blower for the religious crowd. I think they would like to rub this out of the scriptures if they could. Use their unbelief highlighters. You know what an unbelief highlighter is? It's a black magic marker. I'm taking that one out. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him, that is Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Sometimes it's hard to say because you know you better than anybody else. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But it's true on the inside. And as we said many, many times before, the challenge is to get that man or that woman to show up on the outside. Romans 3, 23 and 24. Very familiar. Probably most people are only familiar with the first part of this. Romans 3, 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Most preachers stop right there. That's the bad news. But the good news is in verse 24. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You can say it like this. I am justified freely because I am in Christ Jesus. And you remember what justified means? It is just if I'd never sinned. Hallelujah. We're going somewhere. I'm pumping you up for a finale. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. Powerful passage of Scripture here. Powerful. Who among us cannot relate to a time when you felt unloved. Listen, I'm telling you, when you feel unloved, you go to this scripture, this passage, Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't make enough mistakes for Him to stop loving you. I say it like this. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Romans 12.5 Romans 12.5 12.5 This may seem kind of random, but I'm going to make a point here. 
So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. What's that saying, Brother Scott? Here's what it's saying, and here's what you need to say over yourself when you read this. I am a member of the body of Christ, and I need to stay connected. And the place you stay connected is in your local church. I've talked to people who are convinced that they can have a relationship with the Lord, just them and the Lord, in their privacy of their own home and never go to church. Listen, I have that kind of relationship, but it needs to be augmented with a body of believers who are of like mind and like faith and love you and care about you and can pray for you and can sharpen your countenance by what they have that rubs off on you and what you have that rubs off on them. You need to go to church. One of my flyboy buddies, when I was still flying for the Air Force Reserves, he called me one night. He wanted some spiritual advice. And he started telling me his troubles, and I stopped him right in mid-sentence. I said, wait a minute, John. Where do you go to church? He said, I I don't go to church. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. And I said, well, why don't you come anyway? One more won't make that big of a difference. He's like, what? I said, listen, John, we are all hypocrites to one degree or another. None of us lives up to what we say we're going to do, right? We're all dysfunctional at some level. The point is, God loves us anyway. The point is, on the inside, you're perfect, righteous, and holy if you are born again. You just need to tap into that and start walking that out. Amen. I didn't offend anybody about talking about hypocrites, did I? (laughs) There's another saying that goes, if you could ever find the perfect church, why would they want you there? You just mess it up. Hallelujah. Colossians 2.10 says, And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. Let me break that down for you. I am complete in Him that is in Christ Jesus. I can't get any more complete than being in Him because He is the highest authority in the universe. So if I am in Him, then I am complete in Him. And I've got everything I need in me to become the person that God called me to be. It's all in there. Amen. 2 Corinthians 2.14 2 Corinthians 2.14 Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Did you hear that? Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Say it like this, because I am in Christ, I am always triumphant. Amen. Try that on for size and see if it doesn't make a difference in the victories that you see in everyday life. Philippians 4.13, we all know this one. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you know, some people say, you know, but you can do nothing without him. And I would say, you're right, but I am never without him. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because he's always with me. 
He lives in me. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.26 in the NIV. Galatians 3.26 in the NIV. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. I'll read that again. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Of all the wonderful things that we can say about who we are in Christ, the most important in Christ reality of them all is this. In Christ Jesus, you are a child of God. And here's where we make the transition from who you are in Christ to where you are in Christ. Romans 8, 17 says that if you are a child of God, then you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. Did you hear that? So what does it mean to be an heir in this context? What does it mean to be an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus? Let me explain it to you. It means that whatever inheritance was given to Jesus by the Father after He conquered death, hell, and the grave was given to you and me as well. That's a mind blower, but it's Bible. We share that inheritance with Jesus. That's what it means to be a joint heir. And one aspect of that inheritance is His absolute authority over the entire universe. Let me show you that in the Word. This is Jesus speaking to His believers. He's launching them out with the Great Commission that you read about in Matthew 28 and also Mark 16. But we're going to read what He says in Matthew 28, verse 18 and 19 in the Passion Translation. Matthew 28, 18 and 19. Listen to this. Then Jesus came close to them and said, All the authority of the universe has been given to me. Whoo, glory. I know something about the universe, and that means something special to me. All the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to show you here as we progress through that that authority was given to Jesus and it was also given to us. Amen. Where you are in Christ, once you understand who you are in Christ, you are a child of God, then you begin to understand where you are in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Even when we were dead in trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He didn't just get you born again. He didn't just get you filled with the Spirit. But positionally, He put you right there with Him at the right hand of God. God has raised us up to a position of authority at the right hand of God. And, and with that in mind, we're not supposed to approach life from a position that moves toward victory. We're supposed to approach life from a position that moves from victory. 
We need to get a revelation of what's called third heaven authority. Now, let me just teach you for a minute for those of you that this is new to. This is new for some folks. Let me explain about the three heavens. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse two. This is Paul relating an encounter he had where he was caught up to heaven. And he says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. What exactly does that mean? Well, I've done the study for you. Just listen to me. The first heaven is the natural atmosphere above the earth and space, the planets, the stars, and the galaxies. The second heaven is the spiritual realm above the earth where demonic principalities and powers are at work to influence the nations of the earth. The Bible calls the devil the prince of the power of the air. The third heaven is the throne of God himself. So it's a mindset shift that has to happen. Let me break it down for you. Instead of seeing yourself looking unto God through the realm of the demonic spirits who are above us, a third heaven perspective is to see yourself seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father far above the realm of demonic forces from a superior position of authority over them. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. This is my proof text for what I just said. Paul is explaining to the Ephesian believers what belongs to them now in Christ. He says, what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And I'm here to tell you, when Jesus was elevated to that place, when you got born again, you were elevated to that place as well, far above principalities and powers and dominion and might. You should be approaching life looking down on what the devil's trying to do. Instead of hoping that your prayers eke through the demonic shield and make it to the throne of God. Instead, you're sitting with Christ going, I'm telling you what's going to happen. I'm decreeing this and I'm declaring this and I'm Enforcing the word of God over you, you demonic principalities that are interfering with our election right now, we take authority of you in the name of Jesus from the third heaven, which is the seat of all power and all authority. In the name of Jesus, you get your act straight. You see the difference. So we're talking about some mind-blowing authority that has been granted unto those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And we best learn how to see ourselves from a third heaven perspective. That superior position with Christ Jesus. Above all principality. All power. All might. And all dominion. And we need to begin to walk in that authority. In our lives. And in our ministries. I think that's a good place to wrap it up.
we'll take it from there next week. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed part two of Dr. Forrest's message, Identity and Authority. If you were blessed by this message and would like to donate to our ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at gofaithlife.com. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you'd like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.